What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Well, we did it. We did something. We did it. We, we did it. We did it. It is 11.13 p.m. Isn't it crazy how somehow singing, like, can't happen simultaneously? Well, it can if we're in the same room. It's just when we're trying. I don't think people generally talk on the phone over each other. I guess, like, phones... Or like one direction. One directional lie. Unidirectional. Unidirectional. Or like one line. They have like one line of audio available. It's either you or it's Yeah, me. well, and I mean, go ahead and talk over me right now. Wait, let's do it. Like, okay, let's, let's say just like, talk over each other. Hi, like, hi, 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 This is what hi, I'm doing. Hi, hi. You know what? Yeah, I was up to this. Yeah, it gets weird. It definitely gets weird. Though I could hear everything you were saying. It was actually all working out. Okay. But at any rate, I just got home. I just got home. I also just got home. I, I'm i in, you know, the murder house in the woods at, at Bard. I, it's not a murder house, actually. It's, it's, I'm at my Bard housing for making this show. And let me tell you what, it snowed up here. And I was going a mere 35 miles an hour and like a 50 mile an hour, what have you. Because I was like, this road seems wild. Wow. And I swerved all over it all of a sudden. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I was like, well, I guess this is it. Like I had this moment of being like, I might really just spin and hit like the, those trees and like go over that thing. Well, yeah, what well, it could have been like that scene from Elle where she like crashed and then like. I think of that scene from Elle every time I'm in the car up here. Yeah. Where, where the deer like jumps out and she just is like, ah. Would you have, would you have called your rapist from the accident? Um, it's too long ago now. I don't have that number anymore. <laughs> I don't have that number. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that number anymore. Oh, um, we saw another Isabelle Pair film, which we do. So ladies and gentlemen, another, if you, uh, become a Patreon and you can see some video content of us discussing, what is the name of the movie? I want to call it Gloria. That's not what that movie is called. And then I wanted to call it Glen- what is the m- Glenda, but that's not it either. Gloria or Glenda? No. But instead- Greta. 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 Yeah, it's a hard, that's a hard name to remember. Um, if you see our, our upcoming video podcast, not only will you get to see this week's guest, an incredible dance film made by Jeremy, um, DP'd by Daniel Rimpula, but you'll also get to see us act out a little bit of Greta, which we had so much fun going to go see. We, I, I think we both recommend that you go see this movie. For sure. I do. For sure. I absolutely recommend that you go and remember me in the chewing gum scene, definitely cookie cutter and uh, self care with syringe. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Self care with syringe is really self care with syringe. And um, what's another kind of teaser? Perhaps uh, best moment of can... the best moment of the movie is uh is saucy quip from bartender. Oh, saucy quip from saucy quip from the girl behind the bar is, was definitely your favorite line. You can say it. I think everyone will appreciate it. Um, is that your stalker? Good luck. It's so good. Is that your stalker? And Chloe Grace Moretz goes, yeah, 
Good luck. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, that was really you. Um, also, you can make um, a finger out of cotton from a doll. Um, Totes. Don't forget about that. No. And um, also, a toy Eiffel Tower is not a good lock. Not a good replacement for a not bad a, lock. Not a great lock. And also, congratulations, Chloe Grace. Obviously, congratulations, Isabel. And congratulations, Jeff Hiller. Oh my gosh. Congratulations, Jeff Hiller of Sister Podcast Touche for having really a substantial role in the movie and doing a wonderful job. Absolutely. Tap, tap, tap. Table seven. Amazing. Ugh. Really, really good. Really good. I think, you know, it's, I think it, what's been lacking from, Christian Colson said this, and I agree, that what's been lacking from American films uh, with Uper is someone saying, she's not even French. That French, is, that French thing's just an act. I mean, that oh. line really got me. She's not even French. That she, French thing is just a knack. She's not that even, really got she's me. She's not even French. People say that about me all the time. Oh. She's not even French. That French thing is just an act. She's and I turn around and I'm like, oh, tais-toi. Blah, blah. Why did she? So I just got home because I'm up here making my deconstructed, shattered uh, piece inspired by Streetcar Named Desire, which is... Uh, really, so far, these last two days have been wild rehearsals. I'm very excited about it. Um, come see it. If you're listening to this podcast, come and see it the, the first week in April. Why are you just getting in? Well, let's see. I worked in studio probably until six. And then mm. James Whiteside and I were in touch and he was like, come to my house and I'll make you dinner. And so I went to his house. Yes. And we had, um, f- well, what's crazy is that when I arrived, he was like, well, I'm going to eat some soup now because this is my lunch because I didn't get to eat lunch at work today. Wow. But then I'll make dinner. And I was like, okay, so you're going to eat lunch and dinner back to back because you're an athlete. And I, um, and then, and then James made a full Tex-Mex kind of feast uh, complete with like a dollop of like Tostitos cheese gloop, you know, so, wow, so American refried Yum. beans and all. Yeah. And he made these like pockets of stuff wrapped in a tortilla and then grilled in a hexagon. Do you know what I mean? Pockets of stuff wrapped in a tortilla and grilled in a hexagon. Mm, so it was like a hand pie it. in the shape of a hexagon because he folded the tortilla kind of origami style. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Anyways. And then Dan came home and we all had a nice chat and I showed them an episode of Pen15. Good, good. And uh, and then I got a call from David Hallberg who was feeling unwell and wanted my help in picking up some uh, medicine from the pharmacy, a 24-hour pharmacy. And while I was on the phone, Dan was in the bathroom. And <laughs> when he came out of the bathroom, he sort of caught the tail end of the conversation. And he goes, who was that? Because he heard like that I was talking to a sick person. And I said, oh, it's David. I'm going to pick him up some like, you know, stuff. And he was like, oh, and he goes, work. I mean, <laughs> not work, not work. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> not work. <laughs> not work. What if what I mean, what can you get when you're sick? Like Tamiflu? Is, well, I think he had his doctor call him like a prescription for like stomach bug kind of stuff because he's either having oh. like food poisoning or. 
or like stuff, like things that are like really making him like not able to leave the house because like, you know, throwing up and stuff. So I brought him like some prescriptions and then also like Gatorade and saltines and stuff like that. I mean, it sounds nice. I wish I had a doctor where I could call and they would just put a prescription through. Well, you might. I mean, it felt incredibly New York that I could go to a pharmacy at like 1030 at night and it was crazy. I was like, this is fun in New York. And also like going to your friend's apartment in the middle of the night to bring them Pedialyte is fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're at now, honey. Work, honey. (laughs) I'm going to, I had a hot time on the town tonight. I went to the 24 hour pharmacy and got my friend's script for a stomach bug. And I picked him up some Pedialyte, honey. And then I took it to his apartment and left, girl. Work, work, work not work. Work, work, not work. Work, honey. And then I got home at 1110 and I'm exhausted. Work, honey. Yes. Uh, I think that uh, work, not work is like the new phrase of the year. I think we're all in work. It's like not work. cosmic depression and it's a real work, not work. Yeah, I mean, uh, girl, it is work, not working. Okay, honey, work. Cause if, all, if any of you listeners are feeling alone and depressed or depleted, don't Weirded worry. Weirded out, panicked. It's everybody. Are it's- you feeling ang sensitive, anxious <laughs> and sensitive? Well, honey, <laughs> join the club. Do not worry. Work not do work. Work not work, honey. We are. We're here with you, Oy. holding your hand through the podcast. Yeah. My goodness. What is the weather like in New York City right now? It's, it's quite, so cold. Quite cold, and it—I think it wanted to snow, but it didn't. But it's just frigid, you know. It really snowed up here, and I'm nice. It's not because I swerved all oh. around the road. Work, not work. Work, <laughs> not work, honey. <laughs> Talk about like work. I do not have four wheel drive. Not work. Oh my god! It's like I really. You know, and then you get back to the house and you're like, oh, my God. And I'm going to have to wake up so soon to go and teach. That's good. It's nice. Tomorrow morning. And then teach all day and rehearse all night. The good thing about teaching is that you're not alone. You have people to, like, you know, give you energy. Oh. You're like, I never thought of it that way. (laughs) Well, no, because I mean... You're the teacher. It's not like it's a peer event, you know? Well, it takes a lot of energy, yeah. It does. It's not like rehearsing with your peers or hanging out with your friends or having a discourse with, like, you know. Yeah. It's different. This isn't a peer experience. This is... Yesterday, I... This is... um, Sorry, I I can't decide if this is related or absolutely tangential, (laughs) unrelated. I don't know. Great. Free associate, honey. So yesterday I was with Russell early in the day and we were going to the folk art museum to kill time because it was so cold. And we saw someone in trouble on the ground, the cold, cold ground. And they'd clearly fallen and there was a couple people around them trying to help. So we went over to see what was up and it was a some a violinist or a violist because they had their instrument in their backpack and Ugh. they had fallen off their scooter. Like, you know, they're like their <gasps> razor scooter and had 
the most oh. enormous welt right up on their left eyebrow one has ever seen. Wow. And they were really freaked out. I think they thought they had a concussion. But my theory about it is that they they really messed their face up because they were scared of hurting their instrument. So they just slammed into the ground with their face. Instead of like rolling right. onto their back or as like, they fell. I don't know. It seemed odd that they would get such a huge welt on their eyebrow. I mean, not if they just pitched forward. You know what I mean? Oh, I guess. It was really like, oh. And they were really sort of like, oh man, like uh, call an ambulance. They said call yeah, an but ambulance? They, were, <laughs> they could walk. I think, I think they were just freaked out. Call an ambulance, honey. Like, work. Get in the ambulance. I was ambulance. like, do you think that work. we're in England or somewhere with universal health care? Because that ambulance might mess up your finances. Ambulances are $1,000. But if you've had like an event, your insurance will cover it. Have you ever heard of the bookstore Kinokuniya? Mm-mm. Oh, it's a Japanese bookstore, apparently a chain, which James told me today, which was a big disappointment. That we have um, on the west side of Bryant Park, and it's a really fun bookstore. And I I bought Isaac's um, memoir there yesterday. It's out? It's out in stores. I bet you can download it on your Kindle. Oh, work, honey. Work. <laughs> work, not work. Work, not work. <laughs> um... When did he say? Oh, I guess he said. Didn't he say it was coming out on the twenty sixth? Then that's over. Yeah, Harriet's birthday yesterday. In the past, honey. It's in. The when past. did he say it was coming out? Maybe it wasn't the twenty sixth. February twenty sixth. That's correct. Okay, work, work. Um, work is really. I mean, obviously the theme of of this precursor to someone who's done a lot of work uh, that we're about to listen to has done so much work, so much work that you, when you go see the show, it's four hours. (laughs) And that said, you will have, Two intermissions and and you get to move around. I mean, we let's not spoil the podcast that's about to come up with our our fav Nadia Roshami, who we both adore. It was such a divine treat to get to speak with her about. She's brilliant. She's funny. She's dark. She's light. We love her. Well researched. I mean, and again, again, this. This film that Jeremy made with her is just, I am. Something else. It is. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. It's, it is the definition of work. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It is the definition of work, girl. It is truly something fierce. Um, You can see it by, in our video podcast and beyond, I believe it'll be released Released everywhere as a, the trailer before Greta. Well, Jack, it's been absolutely exhausting talking to you. It really has. Uh, from the moment we started talking, I couldn't wait to stop. And um, <laughs> I'm totally ready to get off the phone and go to bed. Je completely agree. Je completely agree. Well, bye. And I will talk to you on the phone or maybe in person somehow yeah. next week. And enjoy our interview with Netta Yerushalmi. I'm so, well, you know how I'm feeling right now, which is both amazed and sad because we came into an apartment that feels very aspirational for me at this point in my life. It Well, it's aspirational for me. But it is the reality and the present for our guest. Yes, that she lives in this 
incredible apartment. That is really Thank beautiful. You. We've been getting very clear on her name, which is Netta, Netta. which Perfect. we were both saying. Yes. And yes. making sure it's not Netta we as have. a Netta Gabbler. And then I was going over Hedda Gabbler, the play, which is about an unhappy married woman who just makes chaos for everybody. Is it also a movie? It's been filmed into, um, I mean, there's a great Glenda Jackson f- uh, filming of it from a, a long time ago, was which is Glenda good. Jackson in Misery? No. Who was that old lady who played the mean? Lauren Bacall, who no. plays the, the book editor? No, who plays the, oh no, that was a different Kathy Bates movie. Okay. Dolores Claiborne. Okay, I never saw Dolores Claiborne. <laughs> I've never seen that. So sorry. Sorry, Natasha. we love your sorry. apartment. We love, love your it. style. We've climbed it's over so every corner of this apartment to comment on I'm every so piece sad. Of My husband's not here to receive David. all this. David, David. <laughs> J'adore David. <laughs> yeah. He's um, good. I know. How long have you, and you've been living here for four years? Yeah. Where were you before that? On Fifth Street between B and C. Whoa. Since 98. No. What? Yeah. You've lived in New York since 1998? Six. No. Yes. I've lived in New York since 1997. Okay. I am, maybe we danced at the same club. I remember when I first saw you. When? That, I am shook. Um, You were a teen when you moved here. I was, uh, I was was 19. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I spent a year trying to get out of the Israeli Defense Force, and right. then I was here to start. How do you get out of it? You. It's a long story. I'll okay. tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should talk about it. Okay. Um, but I, I, I rem- tell me if this is crazy, but there was, I think maybe it was Jonah's first Shea Bushwick or something. There was a, I don't even know if it was at. I lived with Jonah but during were you, those early and you Shea Bushwicks. With, with, um, Matthew Rogers. Yeah, Rogers. Yes, yeah. who I had just gone to the yard with. So I think I went to see him or something, and you guys did maybe something together. It was just you, and you had like a lot of black curly hair. I did. I so had long, ringlet hair. Yeah. Did that I, endear him to you? Yeah, I definitely. Well, his eyes and his hair I was like, uh, I, I know Matthew, and who's <laughs> this person? <laughs> and I was pretty manic in, in those days in my 20s. Uh-huh, I was I pretty, that. yeah, it was pretty wild. And I remember some of the pieces that I was making. I also remember Jonah doing this great, he had this character, and we would watch. Remember this Shea Bushwick we all watched from the windows of Shea Bushwick? While Jonah ran around outside with a wig and a dress and heels and got like a baby stroller and ran it down the street and then ran up into one of those big trash bins and jumped in. That sounds good. But that was a different space. Or am I crazy? I remember you like, and this is my image, is like a second floor. There was this, there was another, there was Shea Bushwick and then there was this other space that I think we also did some performances in up there. I don't know. I think he sat and talked and you did something and maybe John, I don't know. Yeah. To do me now, when did you see me? (laughs) You know when I saw you. When you were in ballet class with Lindsay and I came up to you guys yeah. and I was like, how can you two redheads be so amazing? Red Who are you? Redheads. <laughs> At this point, I had jet black ringlety hair no. and Reed and Lindsay Clark had, I mean, I did have dark hair. I really did. It wasn't well, you know, there was Reed something and Lindsay Clark red about hair. Sometimes. There so was when certain lines will turn it up or now, can I admit to that? Yeah, I, I mean, gin. I'm obsessed with, a, with ginger. So, really? Yeah, uh-huh. So you saw us in ballet class. And, and you were too good. So then I had to harass you. 
Oh, that's nice. That's what I did to Stuart, too. He so came nice. to Gwen's class, and I was like, what? Who are you? I need to know everything. That's so... I need to have so ownership fun. over you yeah. by knowing something about you. Yeah, yeah, by knowing something about you. Yeah. Nobody does that to me anymore. <laughs> that's not so true. You're so good. Well, he just no, knew who you were. That's nice. Well, he just, because we, we were ships passing in the night Yeah, but classes. he knew exactly who you were. But... Because he said you're good. When I used to go to Svi's class, you know, sometimes people would, like... Talk to me. Uh-huh. Oh, read. But it's fine. I don't they were really like, know. are you David Hallberg's little brother? No. <laughs> no. Anyway. And you were like, now, um, wait, you, so you lived on fifth. Was that with David? Yes. As well? Did you and David come here together? No. I. When did you and David meet? Uh, I knew, I've known of him since I was in third grade, first grade, second grade, something like that. What? Yes. <laughs> Did you guys go to grade school together? Yeah, we went. Well, we went to a school where you go from first grade to twelfth grade. Yeah, okay. but you were born in the, in the states. I was born in South Carolina, and then and when I was five, we moved to Israel. Um, and then we lived in this area that had, had all these like um, I say settlements, but that has like political like left, you know baggage right now, mm-hmm. but which it still does. But anyway, um, like a kibbutz, it, it's kind of like a kibbutz, but it's basically 40 families or a hundred families that Whoa. come together for then kind of ideological reasons. I see. Ours was like, they were all Anglo-Saxons. So there were a bunch of Americans and Did you have dinner together. At the time we did, we shared money. We shared cars. We shared, we didn't have dinner together a lot, but we shared cars. Wow. Yeah. Do you have nice. siblings? I had two sisters. Yeah. And how old are they? Uh, oh my god, one is 37, six, and one is 32, three. Okay, oh, yeah. so you're the, you're the big sister, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we lived on these, in these small little communities, and all the all the small little communities went to the same school. So, David went to the same school. And do you remember meeting David as a child? Do you guys kind of remember that playground moment? No, no, how old were you no. when you were like, he's cute? <laughs> <laughs> we were just very good friends for a long time. Wow. Yes. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. And then when did you start dating? We don't do that. No. No, just got just, married. No. <laughs> well, well, I met him when I was, you know, like six or whatever. And then I guess around seven, we were like, well, I guess we'll just do this. <laughs> kind and of. he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, stay together forever. <laughs> kind of, Jack. You know? kind of well put. Well, I like that. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, um, man, uh, kind of, but then I moved here. Alone. By yourself. Alone, correct. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I went, you know, in high school we were good friends. We were, you know, kind of not together at all. And then I decided that I'm going to get out of the army yeah. and come here. Yeah. Were and you able to do that being an American citizen? I had, no, I had to lie about my mental uh, cool. sanity. So I had cool. to lie to a psychiatrist about having OCD, which was not that hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you were like, well, I'm a choreographer. I like to repeat things. I have OCD. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, it's sort of, we had a whole plan. Like, my, I went to basic training. What, what happens in basic training? Um, like pull-ups and... Well, I, what happened? I walked around with an Uzi. Empty. Stop. Yeah. What yeah. happened? Oh my God. Um, so I was there for like five days. Were you sleeping on tiny beds? In a tent. Home? In a tent. Yeah. In a tent? Uh-huh. I think so. On a mat? Yeah. Uh, on a bed. Like a big military tent. Wow. I also had a friend yeah. who had to who work to evade it as well. In his room? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A man? A woman. A woman. Okay. It's mandatory one year. Two years for a woman, three for men. Yeah. 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 yeah right. And I was just no like, joke. there's no... 
no, no way, way I'm doing that. So then we had the plan, and then the plan was that my mother would call the base or something and say, I'm worried about my daughter. She won't eat food that's not cooked at home. She won't touch a bed because other people might have touched it. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, and I basically repeated that narrative, and they believed me, and then I was out after about five weeks. I mean, I have a stamp on my thing saying I'm, you know. You completed. No. No, she's a stamp saying she's mentally ill. Yeah. Oh. But nobody cares. Who's not mentally ill? Well, not with a stamp. But it wasn't a big deal, I mean, in in the end. But it was. was And how do you, for those five weeks, were you nervous it won't work out? I was actually, now that you see that. I kind of haven't thought about it, but I was. It was actually just a week that I was in the base, but then I had to wait for a while until I was released. It was really for the for this young woman who I knew who I met at Interlochen Arts Camp and was going to have to go back when she was going back she was going to have to become part of it. Uh-huh. It was inc- like so anxiety provoking. I mean, as camp was winding down, she was starting to like cry more and more, and just the anxiety of being drafted. What, yeah, and what this was going to be like, and then trying to figure out how to have that not happen. Were you already on like a dance trajectory before this happened? I mean, I was dancing since I was three, and I was very sure I didn't want to go, even though everybody goes, so yes. And I had already I had already come to audition at NYU, Laban, and Juilliard, and whatever, before that happened. Mm. Is that true? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, like, postponed my drafts as much as I could. And so I got drafted with all the people that are drafted at the end. And right. Like, they don't want to draft them. Right, 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 right. You didn't do so well on your IQ test. I didn't so <laughs> <laughs> So I, like, I, um... Yeah, so I was drafted in the very, very end, and by then I, I, I got out, and I immediately, a couple of months later, came here. And did you go to NYU? Yeah. Who was in your? But your, but your would have been above Beth and Neil. I'm um, a couple Heather. of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. By the time they came in, I was out. Let's see, who was my year? Well, Faye, Faye oh. and Yasmin, Monica oh. Barnes was there. Mm-hmm. Alexander Gish, if you know who that is, Ivy Baldwin. Those are some. Oh my guys. God. Yeah. Um, who else? Got, I mean, the people that were teaching are still teaching, probably. But um, and you completed the three-year program. I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost didn't, but I did. and did you start dancing for Doug right after? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay. I just did, made a lot of dances. Oh. How? How? How did you make money? How did I make money? Um, I worked at a dot com. Did? I did. No, I mean my job, Jack, was to. Uh, it's embarrassing. That's why I'm laughing because it was to refresh. It was an ad company that put banners. You know, at the top of a website, there's an ad, and I had yeah. to press refresh until I saw the banner was there, and then I would, you know, check it off and go to the next one. So I just mm-hmm. press refresh all day. But I made my own hours. It was cool. I don't remember making. Did you yes. get to do that from home? No, I you had went, to you go went to, to an office. An office. Mm-hmm. Did you like listen to music while you did it or something? Uh, probably. That sounds like very like it could make you insane. It didn't because I would go for like two hours, you know, and do some other things on the side, and yeah, it was. It, it's not like I did it. I did it maybe like 12, fifteen hours a week, maybe. Okay. And then the rest of the time, probably I was working at a coffee shop. Mm. I can't recall so well. Taught some yoga. Where did you teach yoga? Um, did you get certified or did you just teach it? I just <laughs> yes, queen. 
<laughs> yeah. I stopped teaching yoga was I went to the NYU gym yeah. after graduating. Yeah. <laughs> you just put up posters. Oh, the, the yoga class. <laughs> no, no, no. The worst. And I said, I want to teach a class. He said, can you teach yoga? I was like, no, I could teach ballet. I could teach dance. I could teach an ab lab. Ooh, could you teach yoga? Uh, no, I could teach dance. I could teach ab. <laughs> well, could you teach yoga? I could teach yoga. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then I just started teaching it. And I mean, I had a lot of, I had taken a you lot. You had taken a lot of yoga. We can all teach yoga. Yeah, Let me I mean, tell you I what. I just like, did I like. I have a BFA in dance. I'm kind of okay. I can't we teach can, yoga. Yes, you can. Now I'm, I just, this morning I did Siri Namaskar okay. A and B from like whenever I ago. And is. I was like, wow, I just did that. For, and I haven't like taken a yoga lesson forever. Yeah. I, did I, so I eventually much yoga. got some I could teach a class but, called intuitive yoga. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Go, teach that. Teach it to yoga. What did you get certified in? Well, I'm an Iyeng- I practice Iyengar. I love Iyengar. So I have the Pilates of yoga. It's like the Pilates and also the philosophy and also the like. Is that what Kripal does? I think so, actually. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of props. Yuval Boim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. Yeah. He's so oh, I know of him. <laughs> <laughs> I <Everybody> love him. <laughs> I like that pause. It was yeah, very yeah, really, really, really <laughs> caught. He was like, Yuval's exciting. Oh, wow. I went um, to his class once and I was like, thank you. I'd like more adjustments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I almost got certified in Iyengar from this. She's this woman. She's very, like, for the Iyengar to the celebs. She has, like, short white hair and is really intense. They're all really intense. She's so intense. And I remember her being, she has a British accent. Who that? And she, I remember at one point she was like, you know, this is like just a two martini pose, <laughs> which, you know, it's like so, it's so hard that you can have two afterwards. Wow. Yeah. Who is this? I remember trying to take a sip of water and she's like, we don't drink water doing this. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. We don't. Why? Oh, it's so wonderful. You just, you just let go of what you think you should do and you just do what they tell you to do. Yep. You have to trust that there's some kind of like relinquishing of okay. control in that yeah. way. Okay. Yeah. And you don't interfere with the practice with any kind of incense or music or heaven forbid or you know oh. water or anything you just do it yeah. all right that's good i guess no distractions it's I also, really good for the brain it felt really good for my brain it also felt like the most aligning for my joints oh 100 percent. i mean as someone who has some issues but, it was really the most helpful yeah i'm gonna go back to yeah that. i was like you should yes. get back in there <laughs> i really should oh i still i still go get saved by it do you go to the anger institute i do what Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that the one on Fifth Avenue? It's on Twenty Second between Sixth and Seventh, and there's one in Brooklyn too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll do that when I get back into town. Yeah, go to James go Murphy. Oh wow, so James what, Murphy you, coming yeah, at this you. Is a question. Yes. Um, I I feel like right now we know sort of the kind of dances that you're making because that's what you've been doing for a little while. But like, what was your work like in the early two thousands when you were making dances here? Um, what was my work like? I mean, it was always very much based in like the physicality and movement invention, which is an annoying kind of phrase, but like looking for ways for the body to put itself into unfamiliar forms or sequences. Um, I mean, I was, you know, I was probably working out influences, whether it was like, like the residue of growing up with like Ohad's early years mm. and then some, you know, at Tish, some Doug influence, influences. And I think in the early 2000s, I was, I feel like I was still working out that, that mm. kind of um, relationship to music, relationship to kind of affect and all those things. Um, 
I think I started to understand that I was a sort of like a little bit more cerebral, visually kind of um, moved maker from, I started to make this dance, which was terrible. I made it for this the thing at the kitchen. What's it called? Works in process? Yeah, works in process. process, yeah. It's the most, it's like one of the things I'm most embarrassed that I have, not most, it's the thing that I'm embarrassed. Who were the advisors at that Sarah point? Mitchell. Oh, you were, because I was going to ask if Sarah, I, and Sarah was in there, because it was Sarah, and was Sarah the only one at that point? She, I mean, Dean was around, but she was right. the one who was and, working with us. Okay, yeah. And I had seen this Wait, black and white. Wait, was in that one too? Kim. Was Kim Brandt in, in no. that one as well? No. She was in another one. It was Jeremy Wade. <gasps> Jeremy Wade. Jeremy Wade. And that woman, amazing woman who maybe danced with Sarah, Caitlin. Caitlin. Oh, she's so like uber cool. She's from the lake. Um, oh my, you know who she is. I just have to come up with that name. She lives in the yard right now. And, I mean, I'm not defending her. Blonde? Yes. Pilates teacher as well? Yes, I think so. She's from that, like, generation of, like, what is it like? <laughs> I wish, I so frequently wish that, that they could see what they're hearing, but yeah, we're doing yeah. a lot of moving and, well, I mean, yeah, I'm sitting in a lotus with, like, It looked like, like she torso. was, like, moving earth with her hands and shoulders. <laughs> I know, but if this is who I'm thinking it is, she's really chic, she's like, really cool. Really, looks yeah. like she could be a model. Yeah. And she would, she's like, great. go to climb class. I think it's, I think her name is Caitlin, and she would teach at Body Tonic Pilates, maybe. I don't know. Okay. So I might have taught so with her. Boring. It's not. Yeah. So let's go. Okay. So anyway, I was making this dance because I had saw that I'd seen this black and white movie of like the one of the bridges maybe it was the 59th Street Bridge and all the interlacing metal blah blah and I was like I'm gonna make a dance like that which was a very bad idea but it was some way to reckon with like like I said like the visual terrain and how that feeds what I want to do bridge dance <laughs> it was, it was, it was it's fun. a good name it was terrible <laughs> but then I started working with Mark Durecki does anybody know who he is no so Mark studied at the Cunningham School mm. for a while, which kind of didn't really mean that much to me back then. I kind of didn't think about it. But um, he made he made like a dance at Dance Space like every year. And he made these, he works at Condé Nast, or he used to work. But he makes these, he had made these dances that he used, he uses mathematical equations or these kind of like cerebral recipes to come up with, you know, movement amalgams and to enforce on a phrase things that would never, you know, happen to it. I'm sure very much influenced by, you know, being in the, in the Cunningham world, like mm -hmm. how to make, how to make the body come into sequences that it never would find. And, um, I think that working with him kind of changed everything in a way for me. I don't think I realized that then, but you know, we would just take all these phrases and then splice them together and, and you would take your, your normal organic pathways, your habits out of the way and just adhere to the recipe or to the equation or whatever it was dictating. And that produced these crazy um, sequences that were, I think that whole method was helpful. And when was that? That was 2005. Okay. And, and were you working with Doug at that time? Or is that? I was not. When did that start? Um, let's see. I, I moved to Israel in 2006 just because I felt like I wanted to like be there. And then I got a lot of work. So I stayed there for the whole year. We got married there. Um, and then Debbie moved back here and I stayed to work and I made a great piece that I feel really good about. I never did in New York, sadly. And then like right after I got back, I think I got an email from Doug saying, want to join? And so. Wow. No audition. No. That's well, so great. I had did, I had done stuff at the Met Metropolitan Opera with him mm -hmm. and he knew me well. Okay. 
because there was a period where I was like, <laughs> I want to work. I want to yeah. dance for you. And then by the time he emailed me, I, I think I was a, somewhat over it. But I wanted to. That's good. That's <laughs> it good was good. That's it felt good. healthy and mature. Like, okay, I'll dance in a company. I'll feel like what that is. But I'm not like, you know, crazy gun. How many years did that last? Almost five. That's a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot because I was still doing all my my work. I was still, mm-hmm. I would go to six hours with him and afterwards go to like another three hours mm-hmm. for my work and produce it. It was a lot. And be married. Be married is easy. Oh. That's helpful. It sure is. Yeah. Oh, yes, thanks. being helpful. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you had, and also I'm sure like David is someone who you share ideas with and discuss the yeah. process with and what yeah. you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also like the marriage thing didn't really mean anything to me. No, sounds terrible. We won't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I like didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just hanging out together. Yeah. Yeah. So it ends with Doug for almost five years. Yes. While making your work. Yes. And was there a point where you felt like your work was starting to gel into what you wanted to say? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a weird question because I feel like every piece I make doesn't it doesn't arise from some origin impulse for each of them. Everyone it doesn't? Sort of, it, it does doesn't. not. It all, something, it's different. Even though, of course, there's going to be qualities that, because it's being made through my body. You're but, saying that each piece of yours sort of emanates from a different mm-hmm, constellation of mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're supposed to have like a continuity or like a trajectory right. that makes this, this, you know, this super sense. And I feel like for a while, I would just make each piece and not worry about, you know, cohering. Mm-hmm. And that's what's voice. interesting in terms of your modernity is of you looking at these choreographers who really did have yeah. a certain language that they had developed. I mean, I came out of Graham, so it was like, that is a language. And those pieces have a specific movement to them all. Right. Like, but don't you think also history does that? And like, it, it like distills, it codifies, it minimizes, it simplifies what a thing is? Like, um, like not with, not with Graham and, and not with ballet. And I mean, I actually, I feel like they did have to make the, they had to make these languages as this way of really making a stamp about who they are. And that was also this company model that we don't function in anymore. Right. And it's also in a time where it was like dance is dance and theater is theater. And I feel there's way more intersectional work happening now and it's, it's interdisciplinary yeah. and it has, because there, we're in such a polyglot of dance forms and these languages, I think that things are way more diverse mm-hmm. and that at that point is if we're looking at like modern things, were not, it was like there, that's a Graham piece. That's a Cunningham piece. Right. That's, you know. That is now I'm watching Ailey. Now I'm at, you know, I'm thinking. But of, maybe each of them felt from within their own trajectory that, you know, each piece was different for them. I'm like sure. you and I are saying, you know. Though I think they were working in a language. Yeah. I no, think I agree they with really you. had codified a language of movement. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I, I don't I'm sure that somebody from the outside could say, Oh, that's a that looks a little netai or that looks a little jacky. Mm-hmm. But I don't <laughs> I don't I never was thinking in that way. I right. was always like, what's my idea for this thing? Or who is it right. going to be that's going to be in this thing? Right. And I think that is a more contemporary approach. Yeah. Yeah. That's about picking up these forms to use for the content that is you are being inspired to make. Mm-hmm. I saw last night we watched a video of the piece you made at ADF. 
Uh-huh. What's it called? Pictograms? Pictograms. It's the one that we watched that clip of. Oh, I need to see a video of that. It's incredible. But so, I was so obsessed with just the clip that I got to see. Yeah, was that kind of a shift for you? Or was that sort of a natural extension of what you've been doing leading up to that? Um, well, you know, by then I had made already a bunch of large ensemble pieces. They just mm -hmm. never get shown in the city. But um, mm -hmm. rep companies or college students, I, I'd made... Uh, a bunch so and it wasn't a shift so much in that it was I was making Helga and the three sailors at the same time that I made that ADF piece and I was oh, very wow. much thinking about a white surface a canvas and about a grid in both of those pieces mm -hmm. about vertical and horizontal lines and about you know just bodies on a canvas or bodies of shape and color like super simple so I was in that mind state that I think, again, was more me shifting towards this, like thinking of myself as a visual artist for a moment. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, because that was my, I think that was the first full length of yours that I saw. Was the Helga, Helga one? The Three mm -hmm. Sailors, because mm -hmm. Neil had done writing on it. Mm -hmm. And a dance phase. Can you talk about what it was, because that was, how many people was it? It was, it was a trio and then a, me. Right. So can you talk about the shift between working in a small, like a small company format and then at the same time working in a large company format, like what that was like for you as a maker? You mean between like the ADF scenario? Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, they're always, I think of them also. Because how many people are in pictograms? 19. Uh -huh. Right. Right. So, but it's, it's, I mean, and you'll get this, it's less, it's, it's about the mass of people and the, dif the difference, but it's also about time. Like ADF right. was like a long time. It was right. five weeks. Right. But I had made pieces on 19 dancers in two weeks or, right. you know. Um, and the, the piece for dance space was a piece I worked on for probably like two years. Yeah. So it's, that's the difference for me in terms of research here. It's more, a little bit more like what, I, what tools I learned from Doug also, how to move a large group of people, you know, in space in mm -hmm. interesting ways and in relationship to music. Those are all, you know, crutches. I mean, you don't have a lot of time. Right. Who did the music for pictograms? Um, her name is Anna Meredith. She's a, she's in London. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, really? it's, great. it's it's by now it's actually it was in a film recently in eighth grade they use it oh my god that's scene. right in the pool yeah, scene. yeah 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 that yeah. movie's wonderful i haven't seen it it's but i just so love good scene. in the pool uh, scene in they, eighth grade they, did you choreograph it no the score no the score we were, I was thinking about using that music for a while and then... It's so good. Yeah, Did you good. work with her on No. That? Oh, you just... Oh, you had heard it. She got oh, the CD. Okay. okay, work, honey. Yeah. Work, honey. <laughs> but we... Yes, but, honey. But, but, but ADF contacted her, her just label to, check to make in. sure. Uh -huh. yeah, okay, yeah. good. We had got to it. pay them licensing for the got show that Ailey did recently, so it's okay. We're okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. So cool. She, yes. You're on her radar or her, like, uh, manager's radar. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, but how many years now have you been working on paramodernities? Oh man. Um, well, the first one I did in 2013 in Berlin. Whoa. Yeah. Before how? For the how? Yes. For the how. And which choreographer was it? It was Nijinsky. Mm -hmm. And it, it was because, you know, the, the Rite of Spring happened in 1913. Oh, right. was so it was an anniversary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was a big conference at Howe and at other, I forget what other organizations in Berlin were part of it. And they had a call for proposals for people to make work that was in direct response to the original Rite of Spring. Mm -hmm. So that's what I proposed. And they loved it. And I did that. Um, I, you know, learned all the movement from the second half of the ballet and then completely reorganized it 
and performed it alongside somebody reading an essay. By um, yourself? By myself. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then that happened, and then we were living in Berlin, and then we moved back. What here. You live, how long were living in Berlin? For how long? Well, David had a postdoc there for two years. Oh. We, we've done a lot of long distance where we're living in different You're countries. You're so glamorous. Mm, that's not a great wow. <laughs> The glamorous life of Netta Yerushalmi. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, I mean, it was, it was a great, great, great thing to hang out there for. I came for the tail end of his postdoc. It was great. Did you learn German a little bit? Oh, not at all. Okay, okay. Not at all. I was just like loving being disconnected, <laughs> floating. <laughs> and um, then I was here and I did Helga and all of that happened. And then it kept nagging as this thing that needed to be revisited mm. for me. So I just decided I would ask around in the dance world, what do people think is our canon? Right. So I like I remember asking uh, Deborah Jowett and Martin Wexler and Maura Keefe and I can't remember who else and I asked them to send me you know the ten iconic modernist works. Now, when you say our canon, are you talking about in America? It's a good question. I said I didn't. I don't know if I said our. I think I probably said what is the canon of of modern dance or something. Oh my like gosh, that. what a question! Yeah, and that's what their response was, and they were like, "Well, if I must," and then they would lay it out. Okay, now you t tell us the ones you ended up choosing, but also I'd be really curious to hear some of the ones who didn't make it. Right. So the ones I ended up choosing was first Smijinski and the Rite of Spring, of course. Okay. Then um, Martha Graham's Night Journey, Calvin <laughs> Ailey's Revelations, George Balanchine's Aegon, um, Bob Fosse's Sweet Charity, the film, and then five works of Cunningham's uh Rainforest, sound dance, beach birds, points in space, ocean, um, all kind of mushed together. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so Nijinsky is the only like European representation. Balanchine. Oh, right. But he became very American. I mean, it's true. But yeah, he is from that Ballet lineage. No, I mean, you know, it was sort of like, well, Mary Vigman, what can you give me? And Kurt Hughes. And like, there was, I looked at all of these people. Right. I mean, you'd have to like just do X and Dante. Exactly. Yeah, and like, we were already doing Graham. It's also, I like, I'm not familiar. Like, I know the green table, you know, like, right, it's not right, like a right, huge right. famous body for to me. Maybe it is. I just, I don't know about it. Yeah. I mean, I needed to have some access to like recognizable movement, right. um, you know, codified technique is usually, you know, helpful. So like people who didn't make it were like Lamone. Correct. And Doris Humphrey. Which is, yeah. Eric Hawkins, who's just directly yeah. from Graham. Yeah, I mean, I did, yeah. yeah. As sort of Lamone is. Taylor, Dennis Sean, Taylor, Isadora, uh -huh. um, Trisha Brown. She Nina got Bausch. fired. She was part of it. She got fired. She got fired. <laughs> she got fired. Is it because she was too contemporary? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it yeah, started yeah. to feel like she was like right up on my shoulder, like breathing. Right. right. And, and same like, with Pina. Yeah, same with yeah, Pina. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, also, not modern. Well, Pina also doesn't have her own language in the way that the people you chose Correct, do. and this is like going back to what I was talking about earlier, around, about these, like, these kinds of choreographies where you were like, that is, is Graham. That? Like, if it is, you know what it is when the hands are like that. I mean, I, Graham is so definable. Right. In I that don't know way. if Najin's I mean, Nijinsky and Balanchine both come from ballet, so I don't mm -hmm. know. 
I don't know if they, I don't know. That's it's a complicated question because yeah. like Graham, Merce, Ailey. I mean, when you're thinking about Fossey. Ailey, are we and Fosse? I went with Ailey. Are we like, are we looking at Horton or are we are we just specifically looking at Revelations? I mean, Revelations has ballet Horton Dunham in there. Mm-hmm. It has you know Graham for sure. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of cupped hands in there. So okay. that's smart of you then to like look at specific pieces for some of them. Yeah. Where it's a little more vague. Yeah. I mean, it was sort of about looking at like what were facts for us, like what right. were like dances that we all knew about and we couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, are part of like, I don't know how to say it. Facts. I want to ask why Whether you chose. Whether or not the movement vocabulary is distinct or not. Why did you choose Night Journey? I knew that was the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was and ended up being a personal thing. It ended up being me watching that chorus mm. and being like, I gotta do that. The I gotta do those hands. I gotta do that weird. Yeah. I gotta do it. Um, versus so, Appalachian Spring, which is uh, something about the openness or something. I needed like the, and I also wanted, in terms of thematically, I also wanted the psycho, psychoanalysis, the Greek mythology element. You wanted to be in her Greek years instead of like primitive mysteries. I did. Well, I love primitive mysteries. I mean, and it also um, Chronicle. Is that what it's like called? Chronicle, yeah, yeah from St- and Steps in the Street. Oh, I'm obsessed with those. And yeah, I mean, because I think of like, Heretic and Deep Song and these other these other ones that I, I'd also are kind of also when the movement vocabulary is really beginning to like gather at speed. And Night Journey is so is certainly I, I but I would say is like in this pinnacle place, you know. My yeah. I prefer Cape of the Heart, but right. it's Night Journey is more iconic, I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It was hard with Graham. That is for, that's that's it's like with Cunningham, there's not like a you know. Did you just go about doing all your research in the library? I or? did. Okay. So sort of like, in a way, disconnected from the organizations themselves. Yes. I did talk to Janet at Graham early on. Mm-hmm. And she welcomed me to hang out in the archives and to take class and all that, which I didn't end up following up on for some reason. But I feel like, um, I felt like what, I felt like it was also about what was accessible to any of us right. online or at a public library and not what was accessible in a like specific situation. If you had mm. access to an archive that only you had access to. Mm. So that like, then I think also night journey, like it's online, you yeah. know, this, these things are online and I, that became um, important for the research and also for the thinking about like access. I mean, a lot of things are online, of course, but. Right. So you didn't end up getting into sort of any tricky situations except for with the balancing people. Right. And do you, are you comfortable to talk a little about that? Sure. So how did that be, like, when did you start <laughs> your balancing research and then how did it manifest and how did they find out about it and what was the conflict? Um... Okay, so I started the Balanchine research in like, I would say, yeah, in February. Mm -hmm. No, before that, in the fall of, I don't know. 2017. Thank you. Um, Actually, Heather Lang was in the room with me Mm -hmm. at that point. Um, And then we started working on the material in February and March and working on it more in May. So I have to go in my mind through this. And then right before going to... Um, do the final production residency for this premiere that was happening at the Pillow. So in, I think, very early July, I got a call from the trust saying um, we would, or an email saying we would like to talk to you. How are they, 
Is it from a Jacob's Pillow press release or something? Um, I don't think that she wanted to tell me how she found out about it. Right. I kind of, you know, naively was like, hey, cool. How'd you find out about it? She's like, mm, I'm not going to disclose. Like, okay. Wow. So they wanted to talk about it. She asked for a project description. I said, wonderful. I gave that to them. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, by then we had done like an open rehearsal at UC Santa Cruz, which is basically just like, you know, a few students of Gerald's, um, the whole class, but um, we were working on some things I can't remember. They had seen maybe that listed somewhere and they were, you know, worried that something public was already taking place. Um, and just to be clear, like the subject matter of your balancing pieces, Agon, which yes. is a video, which is a dance you can watch on video online. Yes. Okay. Yes. I've and watched students, it online. You can students, watch it on YouTube. YouTTube. Yes, students watch it in Gerald's class all the time. Right. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, yeah. So then that conversation started right on the heels of us actually getting ready to premiere everything. And um, it did not go the right way. So what am I saying? They continued to want... Oh, they... Okay, we submitted a proposal. Sorry, this is not clear. They submitted a proposal. They said, we don't... Um, we don't approve. And we said, um, we're sorry to hear that, but we weren't asking for your approval. Oh, my goodness. Interesting. Yeah. Well, because at, at the time it was, I mean, at the whole time was sort of the, the notion that this is fair use, that the mm -hmm. use of the materials com is completely chopped up. It's de decontextualized. There's no Stravinsky's. There's no ballerinas. There's no point shoes. There's no facing front. All the things that I, I would think. You might think. You yes. might think yeah. would constitute the thing as the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I think I think really they the trust did felt offended that we hadn't gone to them in the first place to ask for approval and that there wasn't a sense of control that they could have over this. So there was it's people's feelings were hurt perhaps. Do you get the sense that maybe they would have approved had you come to no, them? No. And no. what do you think was ultimately their grievance with the way you were presenting the material? Well, I think it's probably multifold. The fact that we're mentioning his name, that it's in, in, in context of a, an essay that, you know, they're not necessarily approving of the content, even though it's scholarly. It's all based on research mm -hmm. um, by the scholars who engage with this project, um, that the steps are, you know, done by dancers that I'm working with, not sanctioned by them in a way that's not sanctioned by them. I mean, the whole idea, I think, didn't smell good to them at all. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever we, we, we ended up having like a whole piece which we videotaped in, at the National Center for Choreography in Akron right before going to the pillow we sent it to them they sent back the time codes that were problematic for them which were all across the piece because it was wow. all verbatim for, I mean it was all original sequences small little sequences tiny little ones um, and then in order to what was that what was the language like in that message with the time codes? Would they just say, like, must be changed, must be changed? Or was it, like, more specific than that? No, it was, like, we the choreography. It was basically the choreography. Our choreography is, you know, the above. And then, like, five minutes to eight minutes and seven, you know, just, like, time codes. There wasn't a lot of... Explanation. No, no, no. no. Okay. Not a lot of engaging with, like... Not a lot of engaging. Just, okay. like, don't do it. Okay. Right? Don't do it. Okay. And uh, we will have to stop you if you do do it. <laughs> that kind of like question. I mean, how? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so you want to hear the rest of the story? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now well, we're riveted. 
Um, <laughs> so we got, I got the time codes. I, I'm just trying to think. I, we got to the pillow and I immediately started changing the steps mm-hmm. and in, in various ways. And then the steps that I didn't have enough time to change, we ended up performing in a blackout. And we projected um, something that they were very unhappy with, but which was the truth-ish, which is that it was redacted and that we did that to comply with the trust. In other words, that we took it out. So redacted in compliance with the balance sheet trust. Yes. So that is the truth. So the dancers were dancing. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody could see them. They were in complete darkness for those segments, which were still, um, you know, problematic in in the eye of the trust. Mm -hmm. Um, The rest of it was kind of last minute changed um, steps, new steps. And uh, that was that. And then they got a videotape of that performance and they were very unhappy Mm. with their name, I think, uh, being, they were really unhappy with the redaction idea. Even though legally you can't say that it's a public public performance if the public can't see it, Mm. or at least that's arguable. So at this point, they're now, now the issue is their name. I, yes, but, but yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to have the balance sheet trust name anywhere. Yes. Okay. And there was a pas de trois, which was performed in a way that I thought would completely not, you know, be um, reminiscent of the original, but they still felt like it was, even though they didn't indicate that until uh, like two weeks ago. But anyway, um, <laughs> then we got a cease and desist um, huh. because they had... They, be, they started to get worried about the New York show, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, it took me a long time to get back to them because all these emails were going through me, not through their lawyers yet. So I was really nervous and anxious, and I just didn't respond. And in, in my not responding, they then took action with lawyers and sent a cease and desist to me and to many other institutions that are supporting my project. Wow. Wow. Did you, and then did those wow. institutions contact you to be like, so I got this letter? Yes, they did. And were they freaked out? Um, yes. Yeah. Some were, some were very supportive. Some were, you know, um, uh, well, CBA. Well, CBA, I changed my project, which was very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very supportive. Nyla was obviously very supportive. They're so great. Work. They're yes. so supportive. Yeah. And then, and then what happened? It's a little bit traumatic. I'm like, eh, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. as you dissociate with the trauma. Yeah, yes, I mean, exactly. absolutely. Exactly. It is traumatic. It's like a, so full... you've, you've had to change more steps. Right. So we had a, sh- uh, we presented the whole, the whole encyclopedic series, as we call it, which is happening in Nyland two weeks. We presented it a week ago at the Wexner Center for the Arts in Columbus, Ohio. And for that, I changed all, 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 all the steps um, completely took the redaction away. So have no they now out. seen that video? They have, and no word from them. No word. They're really. done with you. Well, I mean, it, there really aren't any other agon steps in there. So unless they send you a cease and desist like two days before your show or something hideous like that, right? Okay. Well, let's hope not. Right. But at that point, if it's a scholarly, if at this point what we're seeing is a scholarly text about agon without any of the agon material present, that I, I can't see what there is to argue about that. I also can't really see what there was to argue about ever in the first place in the process. Yeah. But I'm sure they feel how they feel. I'm they not, do. I'm, I'm not going to say that what they feel is not what they feel, but I don't think, and I don't know the law, 
but it seems to me that there's no legal basis for this. I mean, what's interesting to me too, or I guess, you know, sad is this thing about opening up something that can feel so cloistered to a certain audience and the ways in which engagement across disciplines where and how the borders are fixed and where and how there gets to be communication and exploration and especially in this which is so research heavy and has has a whole bent of informing people who i mean i remember uh talking with a, a a friend of ours from the downtown dance world about my love of uh, things at City Ballet, and this person had never gone just because of the sheer feeling that they feel feel excluded. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just this opportunity that it feels is so confusing. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me was very clear in the project is like we take these famous works and um, we essentially change the purpose of the movement because mm-hmm. it's no longer about watching the movement in its original form as a spectacle. It's the movement serves as, a, as like almost like a bunch of ghosts or traces or it, it holds, the bodies hold information that is hopefully shared by a community in some way. So the movement, even those original steps are not, it all in this mode of like I'm recreating myself. Right. They're like I'm holding an idea of that dance, and the only way I can hold it is by sort of like slightly gesturing towards it. So they're doing the sequence, the dancers, but they're not in that dance. They're in a different kind of context altogether, in which in which it's just the purpose of the movement. And like I said again, to hold information. But also, not that sounds, makes sense. It does. It also it sounds, sounds actually obvious, it, it's right? Not, and yeah. it does, and it also sounds like it has. You know, not only a very, uh, in one way, like a conceptual or an academic approach, but there's also something you're talking about ghosts. I was thinking about the possession of these icons, of these titans mm-hmm. that you're looking at and the way that the language that they were creating in these choreographies can inhabit and possess mm. the performers. Mm-hmm. I mean, possession is something I love to talk about in terms of work that I, I love to see and I love to make and how... What is that in the theater where the performer becomes something larger, much larger than themselves mm. by the attempt, by the sort of shooting of the arrow to this thing that's so far away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that scene sounds so rich mm-hmm. that it, it's just, it just is such a, it's, you know, it's hard to hear that that it was met with such yeah. uh, resistance. Yeah. yeah. But they, the, their, I do, feel like their biggest concern always is that the dancers dancing the work are like the appropriate dancers. And then the way that it's taught and coached is by people that they've sanctioned to teach and coach the material. Mm -hmm. And having been involved in several processes where the Balanchine Trust has final say, um, you know, that is how it works. Like, you're not taught the choreography until they're there. And if that does happen, when they do get there, they can they can cut you or if they don't think you're the appropriate person. But I don't actually think this is that situation. I think this is this is a very murky area. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I loved when I went to Janet um, at the Graham Company early mm-hmm. on. She said to me, we're 90 years old. There's nothing you can do to us as a way to sort right. of say, because I was like, are you worried about me, you know, trying to literally try on these movements without mm-hmm. knowing how to try on, you know, Graham movement necessarily or not being sanctioned by you or whatever, not having the training. And she said that. And that has stayed with me also. And that's been like, so perplexing. I think that's why I was so surprised that they even cared for right. balancing people. So, I mean, yeah. Agon comes from 1959, 58 or something. I think it's 57. Oh, and right. is it not in fair use yet? No. Okay. No. Um, oh, that's right. It'll yeah, be like in 2033. Yes. Um, yeah. I just did the math. Yeah. Uh, so... And the, I mean, and that's the thing. When I think of Graham, though, I also it's like look at what Richard did already. Right, but he like, also had some issues. Oh, with Ron. No, he had a season desist. He he got a season desist also. That couldn't have that didn't go anywhere because I mean Richard they, just went for it. Yeah, like, Richard's and, always and, and I think and Richard has Richard move. Yeah, yes. Richard move has brought <laughs> audiences to to the Graham Company in that way as yeah. well as like having made it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think that, um, you know, what the Paul Taylor company is doing right now, what definitely what the, the Graham company is doing, maybe what Ailey is doing is sort of like they're thinking of, but definitely what Cunningham people are doing is how do we, you know, continue this legacy without like being in a castle that's, you know, hermetically sealed? How yeah. do we make this a, a contemporary conversation? How do we include more people so that yeah. they continue to include us? Mm. Right. And as long as. You know, whatever the balancing people want to do is their thing. But well, we think it's cool and fierce that you got in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it was cool and fierce. Sometimes it was terrible. Well, also, yeah, we we do think it's cool and fearsome that you are in this fight encounter, and argument encounter with them and we, we have utmost respect for George Balanchine and the people we that protect George his Balanchine. work we would be very interested in talking to them and hearing their perspective on this whole thing mm-hmm. to gain more insight mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. yeah they're very clear about their position so okay yeah. cool yeah. Yeah. maybe yeah. we can have like a peer mediation um, <laughs> hopefully we don't need it anymore yeah no. it's true no no, no. We can have a um, um, we can have like a staged court court hearing at the Bruno Walter Auditorium at the Performing Arts Library. <laughs> at the end of it, I can just go. The Queen has approved. <laughs> I'm just going to knock my hand at something and scream. The Queen has approved. Um, so, as you're heading into, are you in all the pieces? No, I am in two. That's nice. Yes. Isn't that nice? It is nice. It's nice to not be in them. Oh, yeah. I would, really I would die. Say. Yeah, you I would, would die. die. Who are the scholars? Who are the scholars? Um, David. David. J'adore David. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a philosopher. He's in the Nijinsky one. Uh-huh. Carol Ackman is an art historian. She's in the Graham one. Uh-huh. Tommy DeFrance uh-huh. is in the Ailey one. Uh-huh. Um, he does African studies, performance studies, window and gender and sexuality studies. I love Tony. Uh, Claudia LaRocco oh. and a surprise guest Who's that Claudia? changes. Claudia LaRocco is a poet. And but no, I mean for which one? I know oh, Claudia wait, is. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> she is in the Cunningham. Uh-huh. And she, there's always a surprise guest as well. Um, yeah. But and, Claudia picks or you pick? Um, kind of together. Uh-huh. Joint curation. We invite, yeah. Um, Co-curated. Then Julia Folks is a historian. She's in the Fosse. Love. And then Mara Mills and Georgina Klieg are in the Balanchine. Got it. And now who are the performers across all of us? 
how many are there? So we're 20 all together. Okay, never mind. You can look it up on the website. Yeah. <laughs> Too many. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are like older than 40. That's like. so great. So I love those people. Good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're like me now, girl. I know, I know, I know. I mean, hi. Um, uh, what's going to happen after? My God. Depression. Um, well, no, I mean, I have the Guggenheim show with Oh my God, my show. Oh my God, that's right. And then I have a a week later, we have a show at Skirball as part of Conversations with Merz. Oh yeah. And then we tour this thing a little bit. Where are you touring? We're going to Bates and we just did a couple, we did, we did Wexner and the Pillow and... So there's things, and then you just make another dance that you don't get depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just keep going. I I always always you get depressed. I mean, my first Netta dance. I'm so excited that Reed's in it. I'm in it. I'm I'm good. It's going to be okay. I do not say that. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. No, it's going to be a great dance. And Mark Mark pointed out very astutely at the end of rehearsal the other day. He was like, you have like an hour and a half in you. And, and then you and then you're shut down. That's yeah, I used to have a lot more. Now, after an hour and a half, I'm like, hey, can I go home now? Yeah, <laughs> that's how much I have in me. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I always get depressed after a piece. I'm Don't gonna. You? I probably will, Jack. Don't you? Well, or the, do you it's not? different. I think because we premiered at the Pillow, and that was great. Uh, except that the whole balancing thing got really kind of gross yeah, at the right. end of that. But um, then we had the Wexner. So I feel like, and we've been performing this a lot. So I don't feel like it's like my New York wham bam, and then it's over and I die. Right. You know. Right. 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 I've like only had that once feels. with Shamb. I did it. I premiered it. And then you bar, toured some things. And then it, it went to like a couple places and then it came to New York and it also did one more after that. But doesn't like, that feel a little bit better? Only then. All the other ones. It's you want to die. Oh my God. Well, you feel like you gave everything or I feel like I give everything and then it happens. You make no money from it and then it's, you know, it's over. It's just a disproportionate amount of care and everything oh is disproportionate yeah so yeah. on this last jaunt of everything is imaginable the the afterwards was really bad it was that was so um, much worse than the first time oh i'm sorry well yeah but i it wasn't just about like the peace ending no but it also it, i mean most of it okay actually yeah it was a real sense of like i don't know when i'd ever get these performers mm. together again to you will <laughs> oh some head shaking <laughs> <laughs> some Reed and Jeremy moment um oh, it's always that way yeah it's hard it's but hard. I'm so I mean listeners go see it if you can go tickets are selling out well I don't know they're selling probably yeah but, but it's March fun. 14th through 17th I, I think the listeners deserve to be prepared for the kind of show they're gonna see because it's not just a show up and I mean this is a commitment it is this is an Einstein on the beach kind of commitment <laughs> this is you know I one of the best theater pieces I've ever seen was by Nature Theater of Oklahoma oh, yeah. no dice four hours long when it began they came out and said it's going to be four hours long there'll be an intermission you'll get peanut butter and jelly sandwich there's love. beer if you want it love uh-huh. and I watched this incredible incredibly crafted four hours and it was uh, all Doable. of it was great. Well, Netta has two intermissions. 
I have two intermissions, and then there's a different cast for each of these six installments. So it's 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 not like you're in a durational experience. It's just that you're there for a while. So it's just going to go two, two, two. Yeah, and you just have to you know be ready for your brain having to exercise you know the intellectual side and the visual dance side, visual side, and And that's a lot sometimes. Something that you said to me recently, which felt very freeing, is that like we should feel open to sleeping sometimes. (laughs) Did I say that? Well, you and I both famously sleep during performances. <laughs> Hopefully not famously. <laughs> um, Hopefully not famously. I, I actually am famous. You are. Yeah, so Reed, you are. I would say, but Reed's also famous for falling asleep on stage. <laughs> I've seen it at least twice. I won't fall asleep in your piece because there's too many steps. Yeah. Um, you might. Well, you know, it's just it's just at 7 p.m. So just, you know, there's also whatever you something, need to do. I think it's true. There is definitely something behind people needing to exercise, you know, that it's going to be an intellectual event and that there's going to be text being read. A lot of text. And delivered around these things while you also have to take in all of this visual, you know, the visuals of it and the, all of this movement and that the brain certainly is going to like make containers yeah, for rest. I'm nervous. Now I want to make sure my seat is against a wall. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of, you move around a little bit. You're not oh. in the same seat for four hours. No, you move around a little bit. But are we checking our coats? Uh, you don't have to worry about your coat. No, you can Just take your coat your with seat you. And come back to it. Oh, we're going to come onto the stage sometimes? Yeah. Oh my god! Modulation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Netta has Netta has definitely thought of this. I have. Well, I'm just trying to create slightly different containers yeah. for very different legacies, but also to have them in the same container so we can have a little para experience of yeah. this sort of onslaught, yeah. yeah, side by side, all together in the same space. You usually thought about and contemplated as very distinct. Do you feel like you know just like exponentially more than you did before you ventured into this project? Do you just know so much stuff? Um, I feel like part of the knowledge that I've gained has to do with um, how to how to work with different kinds of information Mm -hmm. and. I don't think I, I mean, I know a lot more, but I also just have uh, different tools and different ways into understanding uh, the thing. I guess, I guess when you just, like, we're making this Guggenheim thing right now, and I can just think about the movement, but there's something very, very, very different with what I've gone through and having to think about so many other things and feel like I can't actually think about all the things I should be thinking about. Mm. And bringing different different people to engage with all the different layers of information, and that feels like something that I can't quite contain in my brain. But in the, in, in the sense that it's um, given me a lot of dexterity or appetite to work in this way and to bring people in to, to you know to help me facilitate different layers, I feel like I have gained a lot. But I don't feel like I'm now this walking encyclopedia. Okay. Um, well, it's been such a. It's been so long. Oh yeah. It's been a long process, very gradual. Very deep. I'm really glad that Harriet and I have been kind of like riding beside you in a like sidecar the last couple of years for all these like um, what are they called? Fellowships. Fellowships. <laughs> We're fellowship twins. <laughs> yeah. Fellowship queens. Yeah. I know because it was it was nice to have like a kind of a peer doing the Cunningham thing at the library and. Mm-hmm. It was so. I. It's funny because I had really no idea what your piece was until I saw it, even after 
the, all those months of researching near you. The Cunningham thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know what it was going to be until I was there. <laughs> <laughs> until it was like three weeks before. I was like, ooh, and synthesize. <laughs> yeah. You did. Yeah. Thank you. You made such a good piece. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Nato, we loves you. We love you. Oh, my God. I'm so and excited about you. You're, we are, you're, you're America's it girl. Oh we are God, excited about it. you, Nato. Stop we it. are very excited about you. You're the it girl in your dance community. You guys are the it girl. Oh, word. Yes. It girl. But also you're being the it girl in the most kind of welcoming way by like really paying homage to all these lineages that really bring everyone from the New York dance community. I hope so. It really is a conversation. I really want people from all kinds of reaches of the field to be part of it. It's not a downtown-y, exclusive thing. Generous. She's the fairy of generosity. (laughs) How do we open up these conversations? Those are the gifts. You get gifts when you're... I agree. You know? I agree. Congratulations for all your gifts. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for... Having me on Are you kidding? Oh, thank you for making time before, thank like, as the, in this gauntlet. Serving tea, in spilling this gauntlet. Tea. And, and listeners, please um, join our Patreon so that you can see our next installment of the Dance and Stuff show where Netta is in an incredible dance film that I've been watching Jeremy edit together, and it is so fierce. <laughs> so get into it. And, of course, go see Netta's show at New York Live Arts, March 14th through 17th at 7 p.m., except on that Sunday the 17th, it'll be at 3. Good job. All right, we love you. We love you. Here we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, another, the new artistic directors, artistic director and associate artistic director of New York City Ballet has been announced. And I'll tell you what. We are not surprised. No, not surprised, but, you know, happy and relieved in a way. I think they made very sort of measured choices that make make a lot of sense. And, you know, I think John's done a really good job keeping things calm, cool, collected for the last year. So I think it's good that he continue on doing these things he's already been working on and learning about. And it's so wonderful and important to have someone like Wendy return to share her knowledge and to represent so much of what she's come to stand for, for all these decades. I completely concur. I mean, we knew, I mean, for a while it's been which one of them. And so I felt in the release of it, that this decision to have it uh, be both of them felt strong and um, certainly considered. And uh, because, you know, I also, in terms of Wendy in the associate position, I, I also want to see Wendy continue doing what she's doing in terms of working with these, with these other choreographers and being able to, uh, get out of town and, and go and do these projects. Um, do you, oh, is she still going to do that? You think? I hope so. I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, the Lucinda thing is on the docket and I feel that in, you know, in our discussions with Wendy, it's so clear that, uh, she is still very active in her artistry 
And I think that there's certainly a place for that um, at City Ballet. But I, I do think, or I guess hope, that she will also continue on her, her own endeavors as well. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, this. I think this is certainly going to be a very consuming job, so I can't imagine she'll be able to pursue... I'm just going to take off three um, months and go, yeah, <laughs> go I work on this. I don't think that's right, possible. Right, right. But I think it's great. I think optically it's really wonderful because, like, having a dancer who made a career on, like, incredible focus and integrity coming into a position like this. Economy of movement, honey. Lest, lest anyone forgets, you can dial back to her interview yeah, with Andy. it's just... I think it's really, I think it's really yeah. good. I, I, that's, I don't know what else really to say about it. Jeremy and I went to see the ballet tonight and they came out and made a little curtain mm. speech and it was very charming. And the show was really wonderful too. John and Wendy? John and Wendy came what? out and made a curtain speech? They made a curtain wow, speech. Nice. I wish I could have been there. Yeah. And we, I got to hug Wendy this morning because I had to be at City Ballet to watch a rehearsal of Justin's. Got to do a congratulations. And then, How was she? Um, was she, I mean, obviously she, she's known in advance, but. Well, she seems very like prepared. Yes. She seemed very like dressed for the occasion. Yes. And apparently they had a, like a 10 a.m. meeting with the dancers and then meeting with staff people. And and from I wasn't there, but from what I heard, she spoke very well. And I think that was very reassuring for people. Of course. I mean, Wendy is an icon and has certainly in her participation there changed, uh, changed things. And I think also given focus of... I mean, I was thinking back in her interview with her or even my own interactions with Wendy. I mean, she's such a force and such a heart. I mean, her, not only her focus and uh, her love and integrity, but also her kindness. Mm. I think kindness is so key and Wendy's got it all. And not not only that, she's not only like, a, a talented dancer who they just were right. like, Oh, and now you'll be in right, charge. Right. She's actually spent the last several years cultivating knowledge around how shows are put together and around yes. teaching and around coaching and staging. And so she's been actually cultivating these skills and interests, at, yep. you know, in her time post New York city yep. ballet. So she is actually prepared for such a job. She is completely prepared yeah we love you wendy we love you so much wendy i have really just been at at chomping you know through the day so i when we get off the phone i'm gonna i'm gonna send her a text very nice um jeremy and i went to the ballet tonight it was great what'd you see they did i guess it must i mean prodigal son must be I think it must be the the oldest dance in the repertoire because it was made for the Ballet Russe in was 19- Tess doing it. It was Tess uh, and Daniel. It was heaven. they are they kind of are the roles, right. which is so makes it right, so right. watchable. It's yeah. so wonderful, um, and it's really funny and strange and heartbreaking. And I it's an it's a really amazing dance to think about in 1929. 
a woman sitting on a man's head and like these very sort of overt sexual movements that happen in this duet. It's incredible. It is. It is. And then there was an intermission and they did um, Liebes Leader Waltzes, which is, I think it's my, it's definitely become my favorite Balanchine. Wow. It, you know, it's a, it's a dance I've seen not on many occasions because it doesn't come into the repertoire frequently, but, when it does, it's sort of like you have to go. And as I've grown older, it certainly has become much more interesting and meaningful. Who's the cast? Four couples, right, which right. were um, Maria Kurowski and mm-hmm. Askla Kaur, yes. uh, Jared Angle and Sterling Hilton, Ashley Bowder and Tyler Angle. And then the last couple was Justin Peck and Ashley Laracy. Wow. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a dance for mature dancers in the company. It's not a dance that very like right. new and young people do. Right. It's, but my God, it's, it is astounding to watch like his, cause in the dance, you can see the incredible information that he had in terms of what he had learned of propriety and social dancing in his own schooling and then of the kind of innovations he developed yeah. in ballet partnering and it it is really and in composition it's amazing it is very amazing and a kind of dance that you couldn't make today because it would be totally ridiculous and outlandish because it is like a uh, 19th or 18? Some century from the old times parlor dance. <laughs> right, it's right. people in the old times wearing, you know, crinolines and like, right. it's crazy, but it's really wonderful. What a beautiful night at the ballet. Rella, Rella was. And Patricia sat with us for the second half. Patty. So nice. Oh. But the, the first ring was really like um, a nightmare. It was like people with the coughing and the sneezing, right, but right. then like My an nightmare. old person's an old person's cell phone rang, but their ringtone was like the sound of an old telephone, but like <laughs> at at top volume. Uh-huh. And rather than turn off the phone once it started ringing, they like got up, made a huge fuss, basically slammed into the back wall <laughs> as they like started sort of trying to run out of the theater, and then they like opened the door, slammed the door, it and it took like five rings, and then you. Hello, hello. Oh, hi, hi. No, I'm just at the show. So if you can put in my order for burger, blue cheese, medium rare. And then right before the before the piece Uh ended, like a woman in a like creaky walker got up and like slammed her way up the steps, like clank, click, clank. She was done. She was done. Oh, she she's like, I want to go. Huh? I got to go bathroom or something. Or she wants. She wanted to go get her burger, medium rare, blue cheese. Yeah, constant shushing of people. But thank you, Tess Reichlin, for the tickets. They were incredible. Oh, I love Tess so much. Was there was there any candy opening? That's where I really will rubberneck. I'll really rubberneck around if someone's certainly if someone's coughing and doesn't ha- hasn't had the dignity to bring a cough drop or just take some Robitussin. Well, but like we heard, any um, candies being unwrapped, eating of. We heard Rana Glickman. Remember on. Um, uh, throwing Shosker, the yeah. podcast, yeah. talking about how if someone's talking in a movie oh, theater yeah. around her, she just turns yes. her head and then eventually she'll start going. Yes, yes. Did you do that? No, but I think I'm headed in that direction. Queen, we might 
we might be driving up to that direct. We might arrive there in a day. We we, yeah. we might already be there. I have definitely done the. Please, I've also <laughs> please <laughs> absolutely absolutely. It's you know I mean these people are if they're live they're not on TV. This is not a film, you know. Oh, but Igada, you also know me in a movie theater. I'm also like shh, 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 you know, unless it's like a camptastic horror like Greta, and then everyone can just let go. Did you see that video Jeremy sent us of Isabella pair chopping stuffed animals with knives? No. Did was oh. that sent on Instagram? Yes. Oh, I haven't. I haven't even had time today to check Instagram. Can you imagine? It's You're been a, for a treat. It's been a 13 hour day. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, let's get off the phone so I can go watch his Bellu pair chop up stuff animals. And, um, you know, Wendy has been on this podcast. We adore her. We love her. I've, I, I don't know John, but you, you know more and congratulations to you both. Yes. And to Justin Beck for moving into a new title and for, you know, oh, yeah. his impending. Yeah, it's That's great. Right. I think the whole, it's nice that all these jobs and roles have been kind of delegated right. as opposed to just one person being like the king of the ballet. I, I fully agree. I fully agree. All so right. So at any rate, it's late at night yet again. Sleeping. Yet and again, another gonna, late night phone call. We're going to get off the phone and uh, go to sleep. Watch Pen 15. Cast get in bed. Did. Watch and then Re- get to Pen 15 and then read Isaac's autobiography uh, memoir. Yes. Yes. Cozy up because tell you what, it's still winter. It is winter. It is, it is really still going on. I'm ready for it to be over. Oh my God. Okay. All right. We love you. We love you. 